Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb, and with me, Robbie. And here we are, episode 63, and it is a return to our In Memoriam. Rob, tell us about In Memoriam. <laughs> so it's a feature. Uh, we've done a couple, and uh, each time we talk about our top five different forms of death so we have covered uh characters that we didn't want to die yeah characters that we did want to die i believe we've done our top five horror deaths top Just five horror general deaths, deaths. yes yeah. um and this time we are taking a look at our top five terrifying deaths um now as always before we start i will get this in um Welcome to the show and thank you to all our longtime listeners. And if this is your first uh, time checking out the podcast, welcome. Get yourself a tea, coffee or a little a little something stronger and just enjoy it. Um, and if you could hit that subscribe button and leave us a review, it helps us grow. It would always be greatly appreciated. Um, so top five scariest deaths in horror. Yeah. Um, I did say specifically horror because I didn't want to limit us necessarily. If there's something that really scarily traumatized you, but it wasn't necessarily a film, I did say it's open. It doesn't like some, we might've just done films, but uh, I didn't want to lowball us into the, just that area because I don't think I'd do this. We won't do the same again on every single different genre of yeah. different like film TV, because there's not always that many in certain ones. You can't always do this again and again and again. So I kind of opened it up. So when we come into this, it's always up to our minds of what we're thinking. And part of the fun is that we're talking about like why we chose it or yeah. does it give a lasting memory for us? It's always a nice, it normally has a nice little trip down memory lane occasionally with yeah. one of our choices. Uh, sometimes it's ones that we've never heard of before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we have chosen five films. I believe we'll go five to one. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, although I, always put them into order and i have put them into order this time i do have other ones which i if for some reason we had a double book so i can jump onto a different yeah. one um although at the same time i don't know why because it's the same with like i think top five horror deaths i did go with like my number one but it's such a changeable thing isn't it, it is. to have yeah. these kind of choices and i can't necessarily say my choice today like is one to five it's just more like what i felt with in terms of how we look at it or maybe how over talked about certain ones like there might be one that i threw in that was like i feel like i have to say this one yeah but at the same time which to many would probably be like a greatest but then it's yeah so not well so yeah, we jump straight well oh, just before we jump straight oh, into okay. it um because i mean whenever we do these top fives or top threes it's always fairly personal you know if you yeah. listen to our top summer horrors the reason why we love doing these features is because we kind of set ourselves a task but then we don't kind of specify too much what that is um so top three summer horrors was up to us is it something we watched during the summer was it released during the summer is it set during the summer and terrifying can mean it's its own different things yeah so for for you Eep, what what is a terrifying death for you because horror horror movies are filmed are filled with well, that's what i mean movies. it's terrifying scariest like that kind of area uh if it's you know it's scariest but i, I thought the same thing while i was thinking about it i was like what is it because for some people it might be a jump scare yeah for some people it might be um something that just left a lasting impact like there was something just so disturbing about the death you know sometimes for some people like maybe oh that was really, like it was so it was so quick or things like that but sometimes the sunk around the character 
that there was something so likable about the character that the fact that they died that way might suddenly make you go, oh my, like that left an impact on my yeah. mind. Sometimes it's it's barely, it might even be more about how scary the whole scene was. It might not necessarily be exactly that death. And minds have all kind of taken up that. It might be how disturbing a scene yeah. which had lots of death in it or okay. things like that. Like So I was, each one I think hit me in a different in maybe a slightly different way. That's why I had like this, I had like 15. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then I and then I reduced, I started trying to reduce them down. And even then I think there's still, I'm looking at going, oh, I've left that one off and I think that one's quite good. But again, and we've also, because we've done a few of these about different deaths, there's some films that I felt had already popped up a fair few times. Yeah. So I decided, even though I put them on my original list, I was like, I'll leave those off and maybe they'll get an honourable mention at the end. With our, we'll get some social media jumps in at the end. Of yeah, the we'll always go to the How about you? Media. How's your? How did your death process go? <laughs> your your so, scariest yeah. deaths in horror? or So for me, it's a mixture of... Um, the, you'll, you'll notice, particularly when I get to uh my you know my uh three to one you'll notice there's a particular theme throughout them uh which but i'm not going to ruin it yet <laughs> um I'll, I'll, I'll try and hook you with that um but i think there's all, also there's a sense of powerlessness for me you know mm. um and yeah it, it's just a sense of powerlessness and not being able to do anything whilst this yeah. is happening to you, yeah. you know, having that body autonomy or having that autonomy over yourself removed, yeah. not being able to fight back, you know, or having to potentially do something to yourself. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I feel like my mind's already guessing where you've been. You're trying. But the, um, yeah, no, I, I, completely. It's for me, I got it, it did come down to which of these left a biggest impact on me, as in like after I couldn't stop thinking about that yeah kind of death if if it was scary to me because we've mentioned before i've never been hugely scared even when i was very young by them i always found them interesting intriguing but if ever there was one that really disturbed me or kind of left me with a sense of oh wow like or i didn't expect it maybe in that way then that's probably the one that i found scariest because it stayed with me yeah yeah and yeah as i said there's a there's a few that are not there that definitely stayed with me but They've just been brought up before. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because there are only so many deaths, even though there are millions. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump in because yeah, I think you, you started in. the first uh, top three summer horrors. Obviously, summer has been and gone rip, so go and check that out. My first terrifying death is um, is from Taurus Trap, 1979. Um, okay. And Taurus Trap is a... Is a very weird film um i watched this for the first time this year and it's an american supernatural slasher directed by david schmoella uh, i believe i'm pronouncing that correct it's the first time I've, I've watched it this year and the film itself i've only decided on whether i think it's a really weird creepy film or yeah. whether it's kind of really hokey and just weird um i'm undecided i I, I did like it, but I don't know which way, you know. Um, and for me, the, the, the most terrifying death in this is Tina's death. Um, so Tina is just a character who's kind of randomly brought into it, which is weird. The kind of setup is that the, you know, it's these uh, 
you know people who are making their way through kind of you know america and they're on some back road the car breaks down and they go to check out this tourist trap which is just like a you know a, a weird museum for tourists and it's yeah, about yeah. these mannequins and these wax works so it's kind of weird um but the the creepiest thing about this one's death is tina is bound to a table she can't do anything apart from move her face and she has this weird killer who's got this kind of mannequin mask hulking over her (laughs) and he's speaking to her in this weird voice but then what he's doing is he is i believe he's turning her into some kind of mannequin while she's alive so (laughs) what he's doing is and the whole scene maybe is over about five minutes and it's all slow. There's no music or anything. But yeah. What he's doing is he's put in a what we would call paper mache. They, I think, Americans call Paris plaster of Paris. Yeah. yeah. And he's putting it over her face, <laughs> and he's just, it's just so hard because she's bound there, and he starts you know plastering it all over her face, and eventually covering her mouth and nose and suffocating. A bit like a House of Wax, kind a of bit thing, like House yeah. of Wax, but a slower kind of worst process whilst you're alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was watching this, the whole, the, the whole of the film, I kind of found the other deaths to be a bit hokey, you know, some somebody, because it, the killer is implied to have supernatural powers. So, it, you know, it, it could levitate a knife and throw into somebody, that kind of <laughs> stuff. But this film was just terrifying. Yeah. Because you saw her screaming and then you saw her muffled screams and her fighting for breath. And then you just saw her stop. Yeah, and it's such a horrid film, you know, horrid death. And watching it, I was absolutely terrified. I just couldn't look away. What from this one scene? From this one, one death scene. This one death scene throughout the whole film. The rest of it a bit. The rest of it's a bit, you know, (laughs) hit and miss, and I don't know what I think of it. But this scene in particular is just terrifying. For me, it's the highlight of the film. Yeah, Um, and it's super creepy. I think sometimes they do hit like that. Sometimes you can, you can even in some, you can watch some bad horror films, and yet there's still one scene that's like, okay, didn't expect that. That was disturbing in a way I didn't expect, or that just makes me feel. Imagine if you were in that position, and exactly. Sometimes not like perfect films, but you've got one scene that kind of defines it. And I think there are definitely, there were definitely a bunch on my list that were like, mm, the film's not amazing, but that one scene is fucking, <laughs> yeah, damn. It's just prolonged. Man. Um, but that is my first one to kick us off. Okay. I'm going to kick off. And the reason I put this right, because this is the most obvious, uh, but also because I watched the remake yesterday. Okay. Um, and it's, the psycho shower scene okay i had to go with that because it's just i think it just is it is it has a lasting impact i mean and and this is this is a more than one way so yes i know it's it's classic and it's hitchcock and it's pretty much the foundation of majority of good horror from yeah from that day and it know? is it's an iconic scene oh yeah and and the fact that you know about the background of the fact that this ski this scene like the whole film throws you off completely you've got marion crane you follow her for almost the first 40 minutes and like it's kind of like you're not expecting what it is. It almost doesn't seem like a horror film for the first point. Yeah. It's got the music. It, it's definitely like a very suspenseful in a way, but it's not necessarily a horror film until this scene hits. And I know back then it was absolutely hysterics. Like people were like fainting in the cinema and yeah. walking out and being absolutely terrified of this scene, which is not actually, you only see the knife and blood. You don't actually see the knife enter or anything like that. But, but it's, it's, so well it's all about your imagination. I think for me, what hits this is more, and I think everyone knows this, is the idea of this 
gave in your head. Just like if we said something like uh, Final Destination, the whole the truck and the the logs that you see all the time on like yeah. instruments. People always post about that, and you know I have that all the time, and it's stuck in your head. The shower is a legitimate time when I think you feel most vulnerable. Yeah, when you're stood there. The amount of times I've been stood in my house and I hear a noise, and I'm like, I'm the only person in the house. Yeah. Even if I've got the dog and stuff, I was like, I swear that was a door, or I swear that was someone <laughs> like me. And you're like. What the fuck would I do if I'm like butt naked? Uh, yeah. You know, and it, if I'm you know, hanging dog now for fights. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel like maybe we've mentioned this before, but it just is. I feel like of the scariest steps, this I think has just had such a long lasting impact. But it's something that someone does every single day. Yeah. And it leaves this disturbing image in your head that someone could just kind of walk in. Not just the fact that the scene is fantastically shot, you know, and, and the imagery, the 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 drain in the eye, and the you know that is amazing. Yeah. And it's not so I talk about like two much but i basically had a bunch of classic ones that were like these are ones that are like definitely 100 the scariest ones and i only want to pick one that i think is really like really like iconic but yeah. i don't want to have a list of just iconic ones because i just thought that was boring yeah so i decided my first one out would be one that is just like this is the iconic one this is this is the one that instigates the fear in like other films like that yeah um you know and you know off of that there were other ones but this is the one that i just think every time i go into the shower i think this is gonna happen. like this is going to happen you know in in whatever way it is it might not be it might not be a man dressed as his mother <laughs> um but it's definitely someone coming in like suddenly like shit or like what would i do but yeah. you you just completely vulnerable and that sense of vulnerability and the sense of something that people do every day i think is what makes a great scary horror death yeah is that sense of your just like you know, and we we've had this scene homage to and played to the recent Scream film. Have that whole scene when he's yeah. in, and you think that that's where it's going, and it yeah. But that again plays on like things you're just about your house and that you could die in that way. Yeah, um, your safe zone. Your yeah, exactly. That, safe, that's yeah. what I mean. So I think this is just one that not only had a huge impact on horror, but just had a lasting impact that people just continue to think about it for a film that has basically a, like it only has two deaths in the whole film yeah you know what i mean and yet it does leave that and even then like if I, in the same film you've got the one way he's walk the other death is he walks up the stairs and gets sliced just as you're coming up at the top of the stairs it's 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 general fears that yeah. things could happen to you and i think yeah for me that's what makes some of the best ones and i did say i watched i watched the remake the vince Vaughn. i haven't seen the remake for years I've yeah, watched it, it was because it was on tv and sadly uh Anne Heche yeah died and it, I think that might have been why they were playing it again on TV. Yeah. Um, so, so I watched it and I forgot that the film is literally a shot for shot. Yeah. It's exactly the same film, just modern in the 90s. Yeah. But it's exactly, the shots are the same, the dialogue's basically almost exactly the same, apart from a few 90s tweaks. It, 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 it's a strange, like you said, it's a strange in that times you're like Vince Vaughn's working, at times you're like Vince Vaughn doesn't work. And yeah. It's all just a bit of an, it's it's odd. It's odd. But um, it's got a hell of a cast though. Yeah, it has. Um, but yeah, that, that's just what rang into my head. I was like, because I was suddenly watching that, I was like, right, I've seen basically the same film <laughs> again here. Yeah. And that's why it's cemented in my head that this will be the one and not one of the other ones that I'll mention at the end, just in case anything else pops up. So that's my uh, that's my first. Okay, or my fifth. <laughs> so, well, my yeah, my number four, or my yeah, second, fifth. whichever way we're working, um, is the Green Inferno from okay. 2013. Yeah. Um, so obviously directed by Eli Roth and is kind of uh, 
um, a, a throwback to that kind of just like a homage to animal holo- uh, cannibal, cannibal holocaust, animal holocaust, animal holocaust, <laughs> yeah, yeah. animal holocaust. Yeah. Animal holocaust. <laughs> that's a very different. That, yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds like it would be a sequel to Animal Farm. Yeah. Kind of would work, um, but there's now there's there's two particularly gruesome deaths in this in this film um i and it's not that i'm like this unlike the psycho one where you know it's a situation that could probably happen i know i'm not going to ever find myself touch wood in the middle of the amazon kidnapped <laughs> by a cannibal tribe maybe, maybe. <laughs> but there's something about this film where um you know, we we get these these people who are captured by these cannibals. Um, now, the first kill, which solidifies that they're cannibals, is extremely gruesome. Um, you know, we get I, I think his name's Fedor. I can't remember, um, but basically, he gets this sedative dust blown in his face. Yeah, and then when he's on, you know, put on this table, they you know they poke his eyes out, they cut his arms off, and then de- decapitate him. Fucking. Gruesome. I was gonna say you already know with Eli Roth from from Hostel and stuff like yeah. that. He goes full on in on the gore. He likes to go. He full likes on. the gore. Um, but that isn't the death that I'm freaks me out the most the one that freaks freaks me out the most is um i'm, I'm trying to remember the well it is, the interesting part is although you said like you'll never be in the amazon and things like that but i think there is and he did this with hostel and he did yeah. the same with this is it's still the idea that you're going somewhere unknown yeah when you travel unknown. somewhere the idea that something could happen to you and and it's just the condition you know it's the condition in in hostel it was yeah. amsterdam and it was the idea well, that you go to these sex like for eastern european or eastern european or Amsterdam yeah. style kind of you're going on this party holiday you're going to get drawn in by that yeah and this could happen to you and the amazon is just that's the same that for them it's the idea that you could get lost or taken or yeah like something completely like unknown or something that's going to eat you it might not even be cannibals necessarily but you go to the amazon and suddenly oh shit there's a, a giant snake yeah or a, you know some crocodile. kind of wild like or a crocodile and yeah shit you're dead yeah, you're you know top I mean? of the food chain anymore um and it's 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 Lars's death, who is played by Daryl Sabara, who uh, is Spike It, Spike It, <laughs> and also and, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and also the loving husband of Megan Trainer. Oh yes, who I only yes, found I out about, um, a couple of, like last. Yeah, week I, I saw that. Well, I saw that a while ago. That he was that. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so Lars basically, whilst going to the Amazon, he packs a massive bag of weed, um, and. <laughs> one of the characters ends up committing suicide in this cage um so what he thinks is if we stuff them full of the weed then when they cook the body and eat it they'll all be too high we can escape the plan works <laughs> however when he tries to escape one of the uh one of the people who doesn't want to escape hits him with the tranquilizer and knocks him out so he can't he then wakes up and there's loads Wait, of someone who doesn't want to escape cannibals. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. His idea is that they he that I haven't I haven't seen this film. Yeah, so yeah he I doesn't love it. But well, basically, like, the first time somebody escapes the cage, they get killed. So yeah. he's like, oh no, it's we're going. It's not worth the risk. Oh yeah. And yeah. eventually, somebody will find us, you know, because they've got a track or something like that. Um, but what he does is he stops Lars from escaping. Lars then wakes up and he's surrounded by a bunch of villagers who and now have the munchies who have the munchies <laughs> and are absolutely stunned and what they do is they then said to eat him alive oh, and wow. it's terrifying you know yeah, the idea yeah, yeah. of being is it's not so much you know the the scene because you see them kind of swarm him 
um, and kind of biting into them. But there's it's not extremely graphic, unlike um, the you know the the establishing death when they get there. It's not as gruesome as that. Yeah. But I think it's the implication because he, you know, that guy. Yeah, he you know he dies pretty quickly, but he's given some kind of anesthetic or some kind of drug, so he's probably whilst it's painful, he probably can't feel it as much yeah. and it's quicker. Whereas Lars is slowly eaten alive by these people. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's just, it's that, you know, it's that feeling of, yet yeah, again, powerlessness because you're overpowered by a whole group of people. You know, yeah, it's yeah, how yeah. slow it would be. Yeah, no, oh. I, I completely, uh, it's, well, I, I would guess it, 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 it plays in that classic, like, zombie one, doesn't it? Where yeah. they're literally, you're swarmed and you're getting bitten and pulled apart and just you're alive and yet you're literally a whole body and and that 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 is a, a horrifying thought yeah because it's it, it it's got it's got to be one of the most painful ways to die as well because quite often they're still alive for the majority of it so yeah. you're feeling like every single bite and movement and yeah. it's not one pain it's hundreds of different pains yeah. all at once you know until your body just goes into shock probably and yeah. dies. it's so great yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if any of us are going to be able to sleep after this episode. <laughs> yeah, go and check out all of these horrifying deaths, and you'll be traumatized for life. Eat cheese before bed, and then watch a <laughs> compilation of them on YouTube. <laughs> okay, so um, my uh, fourth is uh, from the Hitchhiker. Okay, yeah, Rutger Hauer, yeah, the uh, original. Um, and it is uh, the female called Nash. I don't know if you've seen Hitchhiker. I, I've seen the remake. I haven't seen the original. So I don't know. I can't remember the remake. So I don't know. I know Sean Bean is the Hitchhiker yeah. remake. I can't remember it exactly though. Um, so I don't know if this same scene plays out. Okay. Um, so um, anyway, the idea of the Hitchhiker, I feel it's pretty straightforward. The Hitchhiker is, yeah. you know, there's a guy on the side of the road and it's that classic fear of should you pick up that and there's that idea of should you trust strangers and should you let them you feel like it's the right thing to do and you probably feel guilty the second you drive past them but at the same time you're like do i oh i'm gonna get killed it's not necessarily the fear of the the hitchhiker it's this death scene which i think is more of the because i I, for me the hitchhiker idea is not something that's ever i feel is ever going to come into my mind (laughs) really it's not really like i'm I feel like it's much more of a out in the middle of nowhere, America, big kind of area. You don't see it as much here, maybe down country, but I don't normally see many people in Britain standing there going, can I have a ride? I, you don't see many, but I I, I remember uh, distinctively because it was near the roundabout just near my house, you know, out there. And I was, I was, I don't know where I was going, but I left and I pulled past and there were two young girls and they had a sign for a festival. I think it might have been download that they were trying mm. to get to. I've seen them on the way to festivals. And yeah. Stuff. And I drove past them and I had this instant feeling of almost guilt. Yeah, I was yeah, like, that's what I mean. You feel guilty for not. <laughs> no, but my guilt was I should have picked them up and take, I'm not going anywhere oh. near them, but I should have picked them up because I know I wouldn't have done anything. However, someone else, someone might else to, yeah. Might have, and especially as it was like too young to go, too like young you girls. felt much more vulnerable. Yeah, I was thinking, much more vulnerable that you know. Yeah, I was thinking, what if they, you know, what if the next car they get into, they get killed, and yeah, I, so, and I could have helped. Rutger Howard's in the next. Yeah, <laughs> in, or Sean B. In Gloucester, yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I was yeah, like, oh yeah, my no, God, you know? no, I get, I get that sense of it from that angle. And, and then our friend Joe, you know, used to hitchhike quite a lot. Oh yeah, and I would yeah, be like, did, yeah. 
what what if he got in the car with the wrong person? You know? Yeah. So well, that's what I mean. That's why I, I guess for me, it's the idea that I don't think I would ever do it. I understand. Yeah. I get the guilt part of it. I just don't think I'd ever necessarily take on. I don't know. Like, and that's the same thing though. But it's the same, and it's been twisted in lots of ones where you think you trust the two vulnerable girls, and yeah, then they're the ones they that end up. Me. Oh, and we've no. got, and of course. Uh, one that actually hits with this one is actually the idea with obviously the hitchhiker idea is the classic. You have that classic old story, the old yeah. folk tale of the they pick up the hitchhiker yeah. and they're, they're in the car and then you hear like the outside and like the whole like the head on the roof and the button the yeah. tapping on the roof and that you know this is like a classic kind of ghost story kind yeah. of thing, um, which is always quite scary. So this kind of plays on that, but the scene that specifically is it comes towards the end of the film okay. and it's the um the female character uh, who was just kind of like a waitress of the thing called nash yeah and um to finally play against here like the the guy it's been terrorizing the whole film rucker uh, howard's character has attached her up to two lorries yes so does this happen in it, the- it happens in the remake but it happens to her boyfriend Okay, so swapped yeah. round. So yeah, so this happens to the female in this one. Um, and, you know, and it's kind of like, he's kind of meta, but it's, it, and it's this major, like, it's more the terror on his side. Like her side is horrible, obviously. Yeah. But it's the fact that, uh, I'm just calling the hitchhiker anyway, he uses this against him. He makes him have a choice. Yeah. He basically trying to push him to such a limit that he gives him a gun then he has to, He's basically like, you kill me or I'll kill her. Yeah. While they're in this lot. And it, it's this whole kind of horrible that you're completely out of control. You've got like two ways to go. It's basically, you kill me, which probably means you're going to be arrested because the police are there at the same time, but don't yeah. seem to be doing much to be able to stop this. Um, and, you know, and she's there. And it's the, the idea that you are stuck in this moment. And she is literally being slowly, like you can tell yeah. she's slowly like, her ligaments are slowly kind of getting as the more, because he keeps revving to be yeah. like, I'm going to do it. And it's kind of like that bluff. It's that ultimate horrible bluff of, is he actually going to do this? Is yeah. he that mad? Is he that insane that he's literally in front of the police and everyone that's here, he's going to rip this woman in half? Yeah. And it kind of gets this boiling point. He's like the gun in his head and the guy's just like, I can't, I can't take a life. You're trying yeah. to push me to limit to say, take my life kind of thing and I won't do it. Uh, which is weird in a way because then you know what's going to happen, but it, it, it's one of those weird psychological that kind of plays with your head. Like, yeah, would you do it? Would you? Because I feel like I would have shot him in the head. Yeah, I think but I, I also feel like there's a catch twenty two here because I feel like even if you shot him in the head, I feel like there was still some way the character was thinking she's still going to get ripped in half. Potentially, if I'm going to release the yeah, it'll, it'll happen anyway. Yeah. So I think either way, he was kind of a. It was kind of one of those you'd lose either way. Yeah. Um. So he just decided to spare one less life instead of two lives at once. But you know, it's just that crazy. You know, and yeah, and then when he finally does, he he, he like the guy breaks down. And you just feel this complete loss of control. But it's the idea in both ways. It's one, that you're the person that's stuck in the situation that has to deal with someone of that yeah. man. And you're the one that has to break all of your morals and your ideas. But then you've also got another terrifying part to it. The idea that you are hooked up and that you know you're going to get... It's like a saw trap kind of yeah. thing. It's like the, the idea that you're going to get torn apart yeah. by this kind of thing. And yeah, and then she gets... He lets go. He, let, he, lets, he lets the clutch go and... She literally gets ripped apart. Yeah. You don't really see it. But you see her, like, for moments before, I think you see it more from the top half. Yeah. But it's still a kind of, like, a, a fucking out. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, not only is that a horrible way to die, but she wasn't really... 
she's the person that's kind of just been drawn into this. Yeah. She wasn't a part, and now she is majorly. Like, and he's yeah. done that. And, and your life against somebody else's hands, you know? Yeah, so imagine how terrifying it must be to be her in that yeah. situation, knowing I might die any second now. Like, yeah. the whole thing, and just even the way leading up to it, how he got onto that fucking contraption is like... Yeah. The, the abuse and violence that must have been to get her stuck in that kind of position. Yeah. You know, but it, it like, it's, it's, it's a horror, it's a horrible, it? and it did definitely, like, it sti- I think it sticks with you, the idea that your choices can have these actions, yeah. and that, you know, that you could be so helpless at the same time. It's just, yeah, I think, I think it is quite a disturbing scene all right. Yes, it is. I do, I do think I now remember it from the remake. And I don't know why. I think I think, but in the remake, I have a boyfriend. In in the original, it's a little bit more. She's kind of drawn into, it. so she feels even more like a help, like like yeah. she shouldn't be in this position. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and I think that's worse. That's why it leaves a bad taste in it because it's like you really weren't it's part of this. You didn't deserve person, this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds pretty grim. <laughs> <laughs> so my third one is um, Saw Two. From 2005, um, directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman um, and written by Lee Wainall um, and Bowsman. Uh, now, this one, I, I remember watching this film um, on Pirate Video when I was about 30. I, I think I might be 12, 13 at the time. It yeah. was for um, my childhood friend at the time's um, birthday. And basically, we all we all went to his house, um, and we were going to watch some films. I think we told we we used the guise of it being white chicks because his mum wouldn't let him watch horror. <laughs> so I I had a copy of um, Saw Two on Pirate. I got from somebody, or, or my brother had it, and um, he was like, "Oh, you, you make it sure you bring uh, white chicks around." And I was like, "Yeah, bring white chicks." Um, and then it, it could have led to a. Um, Hilarious. Ten, years, ten years later, that that phrase would have a different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You come to the party, you bring a white shirt. You yeah, bring a white. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, either way, like. Um... We, you know, we convinced his mum that we were going to watch White Chicks and that she should go upstairs. And I think we started watching it at like 11 or half 11 or something when his mum was just going to bed. And obviously we turned the volume down. You know, us being 12, 13, watching this, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And that is the the opening scene with um, the death mask, you know, uh, where uh, Captain oh. Michael, a police informant. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. yeah wakes up uh, and he's kind of wearing an iron mask fill, filled with nails. It's the one either side, isn't it? it? Yes. So it will enclose in on your yeah. head with the nail. Yeah, yeah. I think they call it like the Venus flytrap or something like that. But I just call it the death mask. Oh yeah, definitely um, one of their best. Yeah, one of their best ones. Yeah. And what he has to do is he's got um, he's got a minute to get the key from under or in behind his eye. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's for me the horrid thing about this is waking up in this random ass situation you know yeah again you don't you know you wouldn't believe that this happens to anybody or anything like that and you would just you just wake up in this situation um absolutely powerless to do anything apart from self-mutilating yourself um and have you know having to do that you know would be is disgusting anyway like this in later saw films you know we get people having to chop off arms and stuff like that but there's something about the eye that I just think is so gross that you'll see the fit, you'll see the theme. Um, <laughs> and just how you know, obviously, he's given a minute to do it as well. You know, imagine how much adrenaline and oh, yeah, shock yeah. you'd to have jump yourself into that in that second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the eye is one like it's horrible to do anyway. I mean, yeah, 
like you being someone who does contact lenses like things yeah. like that at times like that's probably that's already hot i've never done that because for me that's a horrible idea anyway just going for your eye it, like yeah. it's like it's not so guy i like the idea of doing well, the but, first time i ever wore contact lenses i don't wear them anymore but the first time i went for my um i went for like my consultation they put a pair in and he put them in and on and he said just it'll feel really weird for a minute or two and then you'll adjust and i was like okay it'll be fine the panic I felt when he first put them in, the first time I ever yeah, wore yeah. contact lenses, I felt like there was a massive piece of plastic on my eye. Yeah, yeah. I had a mini panic attack and he was like, you doing all right? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And I was freaking <laughs> the fuck out. And then after like a minute or two, I completely forgot I was wearing them. You know, yeah, that I'm not quick. surprised. It, the idea of putting something onto your eye is a it's weird idea enough. anyway. Yeah. And, then, and then you think about when people like, you hear people like, oh, the contact lens has gone. It's gone. It's, it's slipped gone. back. Yeah. It's like, with your eyes, like I don't know why, but that's just that's so odd to think like it's gone back. Like it's like where's it gone? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like is it coming back or yeah. is it breaking down or what's happening here? Like that's horrible. So the idea then you got to stick a knife in your eye and, and <laughs> plunge out. out, plunge out, plunge out, plunge out. <laughs> you know, plunge plunge out. That's a different word. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that is uh, that's horrible. So yeah, no, yeah, and you've got a minute to do it. Man. Yeah, no, that is not. I couldn't do it. I, I, I love that classic. I uh, I think I used to be the one that used to give everyone like like uh, back like uh, kids because whenever I had sleepovers and stuff, I'd always get like with rented horror movies or things yeah. like that. Like my mom would let me watch it, and then I'd be letting other people watch yeah. it. So like showing them like Scream Free, Valentine, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff so like that, cool. just terrorizing children basically. That yeah. was me. Like <laughs> the amount of my friends that like I think who like the first time that they probably watched it like people who'd been like terrified of say like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then here I am showing them fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre and not you know we mentioned about Monster about but there were loads of ones where I think I showed them to them and I was like I probably scarred them for life <laughs> <laughs> like with some of the shit that I, just, that I was like well into and they were probably not ready for at all <laughs> at yeah. a young age and, and, but at that young age you just you know I was particularly trying to seek all the stuff out and yeah. sort you know we being very young when saw exploded you know you were, oh, yeah. you know I was, we were trying to find these films and trying to watch them and they were gross and they were disgusting but you couldn't not watch you know and this this mask has always stayed with me because i mean it's so gross and that the the ingenuity like the in the the genius i'm, sure, I'm not even going to try and use a, a good word <laughs> but the genius of the of the early saw films maybe one to three you know was that these traps kind of they had some not only did they have some kind of gross element behind them but it was almost you know it was almost seven like it was almost kind of people getting yeah some kind of punishment it was very it was very ingenious it was much more before they had to start kind of like oh we can't do the same thing again so we're going to start making more twists and turns and then it got convoluted it was before the the stuff i had so i was gonna say like so i said about the psycho but the original sword was originally on my list okay and it's a death but it's not it's not a death we see i just know that he dies yeah is the original ending to original sword that stayed with me yeah the screaming well, you don't see anything. You don't see him die because you know he's just left to die. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that you see a death, but, it's but you know what's coming from that whole ending scene in the original. I, I think it's such a great, great twist at the end. Anyway, yeah. where he gets off the ground. Brilliant. But that left over, just hearing the screaming, that sometimes is worse than 
any death see, you see stuff, yeah. because you're just left with the terror that someone must feel that it's like that's it you're done now yeah that's it it's over you should have cut yourself up mate because now you're fucked you're fucked like, yeah. you're dead like Ooh. that's terrifying um and another one was saw free yeah um timothy young the torture rack. the yeah the twist yeah twister as i was thinking of it that one's fucking horrible because it's literally um it, it reminded me in um, Stranger Things, the recent season, when he the yeah. Ve- Vecna, Vecna breaks their bones. And that's the same, but he one by one and gets... Slowly as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that one, that one, I think, very good. Because the idea of breaking your bones is a, is a horrible idea. I've never broken a bone in my body. No, luckily I haven't either. No, so, like, and I think, weirdly, it's one of those weird things. When you do it a lot when you're younger, I think you, you it's not that it's any better, but you get a bit used to it. The older you get, the more you start to think, my bones are now more likely to break Yeah, because I'm getting old, <laughs> and yet I've never had it happen to me. So I'm just like, I don't know why. It makes you start to think that the first time you do it now, because you've avoided all the little, like, just broken fingers or broken, like, ah. Uh, now you're going to get something worse yeah. <laughs> like this. You're going to get twister kind uh-huh. of like, so those ones, the, there is something about the sword concept. Yes. That is absolutely terrifying. And it, it's never like with the films for me, it's not that their films ever, uh, it's not that the ideas necessarily got it. It's just more just the plot kind of got stupider yeah. and stupider. And I'm, I'm but I love yeah. the basics of the originals. Yeah. The basics of the original flight free. Yeah. Oh, I think the first well, three work well as a trilogy. And like you said, as you know, as we get deeper into it, the plot gets kind of more convoluted and the, the traps get more kind of eccentric. But the the early three have just some really terrifying stuff, like the guy who's got the, you know, he's got the poison in his blood and he has to walk on broken glass and find, and everything's coated in flammable liquid and he has to find, a you know, a, a, a safe for a... For a uh, yeah, he has to find a combination for a yeah. safe. Or the, the big lad who has to crawl through barbed wire in like three hours and get yeah, out. Yeah. It, you know, it kind of, it takes it almost like, you know, seven, but a bit more extreme. And this one just... Well, I guess it's seven where you get to see the deaths. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's, this is kind of, I don't know, it's, it just stuck with me ever since I watched it. And the, the film does have some more horror you know more horrid and terrifying ones but it's just something about that for me and it i mean if i if i was in there for an hour yeah maybe i could do it but if you gave me a minute i'm nowhere your idea is not clicking straight to i'm going to shove this in my eye no my idea is fuck this yeah i Um, mean i mean there's part of me that and there's a part of me in that situation i don't know why but there's a part of me that would definitely go I don't want to die, and yet, why do I feel like I'm going to rip my eye out, and then I'm, I'm going to go through all that pain, and, and I'm still going to die anyway? And in one way, actually, the, it's it's that part that's this terrifying part in the way because the nail thing actually probably kills you pretty fast. I don't know because <laughs> it's implied. It's implied know. that he stays alive for a bit. Yeah, that's interesting because it feels so like that going into your brain on both sides would just like it probably would shut down. But it's <laughs> fucking rough. It's still fucking rough. It's horrible. Yeah, over to you for your. Right, this is my one that I've skewed away from film okay. and gone to TV. Nice. For a scene that I think for me and a lot of people left the Los Angeles. Now, sorry for people who haven't watched this TV series or haven't got for it, but this is a spoiler. Uh, and this is a spoiler for The Walking Dead. Okay. So The Walking Dead, this is because there are many scenes in that show. And I've actually, I haven't watched it since about season nine. So I, I kind of it, it, got, it, it got a little bit it got a little bit like after a while and and but this is this is the scene where a lot of people switched off and said it had gone too far. Okay, 
Um, so yeah, there's Walking Dead. So if you haven't watched it and you want to switch off, Rob's stuck here, so he has to listen. <laughs> yes, I have. To. I'm just gonna put my um, hands in my ears and not listen, and um, you will have a conversation with yourself. <laughs> and, and anyone who knows who's watched The Walking Dead, that there are some fucking traumatic and horrible deaths. That they they were very good at like making you suddenly think, oh shit, like you've yeah. killed that person. Like really, you've killed them off. Like they're they're fantastic at doing those. But the problem is that sometimes when you get an I think what helps it is that because it's a TV series, you get so much characterization, you get yeah. so much character building that like sometimes you can recognize the ones like you're here for a couple of episodes to die. Yeah. But sometimes it hits a character that you don't, or it hits two characters in this okay. case that you don't want to. Uh, this is Negan's introduction. I thought it would be. This is a scene that literally, like, I knew it was coming, but it was so built up. It, it had a whole, because it literally ended. The season before season seven ended with his introduction. Yeah. And it is literally, you see him go up to them one by one. You see they're all, their hands behind their back. They're completely controlless. They're surrounded by people with guns and stuff anyway. So they know they can't do shit. The whole of the group and all of the characters, probably all of the most likable characters are lined up one by one. And you know, he says that he's going to take, well, you believe he's only going to take one. Yeah. So you believe one person's going to die for what you've done by taking, because they've killed one of his group. So Negan's there, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just full of so much. He's so, he's like got such a charm about him. He's, he's, he's got so that old charisma. country kind of charisma. Yeah. But there's so weird about the fact that he's so thing that you're kind of like, this guy is awesome, but at the same time, he's fucking he, terrible. He's a really good villain. And it is because they are all, and I believe now he's kind of more anti-hero in the show and he's kind of actually more come back from this, which is hard to believe because it's such a fucking horrible Well, I, even I've seen this and I've stopped watching The Walking Dead <laughs> way before. This. Yeah, I think a lot of people looked or some people tuned back in just to be like, there's so much hype for this well, episode because it was such yeah. a huge arc in the in yeah. the comic book. Well, the meme, I remember memes everywhere. I remember I remember this, this moment and these characters' deaths. Yeah, take you know. This, so these 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 deaths had a backlash like crazy. There were people going, "I'm never watching the show again." What could you do? Mainly, it was because of one character that dies because yeah. there was such a love. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the two characters that die are uh, Abraham. Who was who was an awesome character, big buff guy. He's like so funny, but also he's he was almost like the muscle yeah. kind of thing. But he was such a lovable kind of character. And then Glenn, who obviously had always been lovable, and he'd I been there since the very beginning. He's my favorite. You know, he was in that Stephen Young. You Stephen, know, who's gone on yeah. to many other things. You know, at the time people were like, like, what you're doing? He's the one that chose to die. They weren't really? going to kill him. They chose a different. They said, oh, we're giving this, and he was like, no. In the comic books, that is my death. Yeah, he was like, I know that normally you go against it because Abraham doesn't die. In the in the comic books okay. like that, but Glenn does die exactly like that in yeah. the comic books, and he was the one that went. Maybe he was after seven seasons. He was like, "It's time I've for done, me to yeah. move on." Anyway, but he was literally like, "No, that's my debt. I want to have that. I've been waiting for yeah. this storyline to come to this end. This is my conclusion. As horrible it is." Um, yeah, but it is more the product. One is the fact they left you an entire season being because you saw it from Negan's perspective. Yeah. Um, not no, sorry, not from his perspective. You saw it from the dead, the dead people's perspective. You saw the him going down on their yeah. head from their perspective, but you didn't know who it was. So then you had a whole episode, and they built up like they built up this whole episode where you're like, shit, who's it? Who's it going to be? And they did like flashbacks at the same time. So you slowly had to like, so you were so on fucking edge about yeah. which character's dying. And I think this was like at the very height of The Walking Dead. This is when the ratings were huge. It was so a lot of people were really like majorly like into yeah. these characters. 
and a lot of people knew that Glenn was the one to die. And I think that was a major part of it as well. So when Abraham dies, it's fucking horrible. It's literally like, and you see it, he bashes into his skull and he literally goes at his head until his head is mush on the ground. And yeah. it's like for that to be a character that you've kind of followed and you, you never want someone to die in a horrible way. And in Walking Dead, they have killed some people in some horrible ways. Yeah, they have. But if you followed like Abraham was in it for several seasons as well. So when you followed someone for that long, you were like for them to have just a sudden, just fucking back to the head and just, but him to keep going and going yeah. and going. That is violent as hell. It's, this is, to me, possibly one of the most violent horror-like deaths I've ever seen yeah. anyway. Um, and then it's, and then the difference is that he's the one that died and it kind of implied only one person died. So then when the blow comes and suddenly out of nowhere, he's just walking along and just suddenly goes whack into yeah. Glenn's head. So you see his head caved in and his eye popped out. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, well, I made a, I, my pumpkin that year was yes. a dead one where I did the eye popping out of the yeah. pumpkin. And I made, and I did a mush of the head, but it was fucking like shit. Like actually, they've actually done it. And then it's that, but it's the fact he's got a child and his wife is there watching. And he was in it from like the second episode. For yeah, exactly. He no, first, uh, he's, the, he's the one that saves him he in saves the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only reason Rick's alive in the first place to get to that point. And, he's so, and Stephen Yeun is, he's, I mean, he's great in, ev- in every film I've seen him in. And he's such a likable guy. He's yeah, such that's a great, I mean. talented actor. He's and so Glenn nice also- and he'd only just had his child and it was just, there were just so many things. But the fact you, you see him like that and he's like, and you know, he's kind of like speaks to his wife and he knows something's not right, but his brain's fucking mush at this point. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, you get the same thing. He just keeps going at him until he's mush on the ground. And it's yeah. fuck it. And then you're just left there as they leave and surrounded by them and then you just see there's just two giant puddles of blood around the mush of yeah. head around these two characters and it's fucking tra- it was traumatizing yeah. it's probably one of the most traumatizing horror things i've ever seen and i wasn't that so i can't imagine what it was for someone who watched more as a general because you've got a lot of people who weren't even major horror fans but really loved Love, walking dead yeah. and the characters and stuff so i understand why there's a backlash and as far as I'm aware, they've never gone this full on again because of the backlash they got to it. They said that was almost too violent. Yeah. Or you built up so much that people were just like fucking broken hearted. They were like yeah. fucking mad. Like, yeah. So it's just, it was out of nowhere. And yeah, it just left an impact. Like, I still remember being watching, like, I have to watch this because I don't want it to be ruined for me. I remember just being in my bedroom watching it and just like watching that bit by bit and being like, my heart was like racing. Yeah, and I was like, I've rarely ever had that much experience of it. So for me, for go for scariest, I was like, that's one that's got to be on there. You know, yeah. I, I looked at other. This is my only TV one. Yeah, I looked at other TV ones and things like that. There are some horrible ones, but nothing even came close to how this one was. Um, I know you watched American Horror Story Hotel. Yeah, and the one that uh, Max Greenfield gets when he gets the base uh, the um, the dildo, yeah, the the guy that gets yeah. it and then he gets sewn into the thing. That was a horror. That was a really horrible. Yeah, one that was that kind of thing. But um, that that was one that popped to my head. But no, nothing kind of matches this. And there's even there's very few in like general movies to us that have matched the intensity of this scene. This almost could have been number one. I just didn't want. I don't know why I wanted to go for a film for the first number one. <laughs> Fair this like this this probably is the most the, the the scene that comes to my head that's probably matched this intensity. And it's not a horror film, but it is by a horror writer. Is the Green Mile the yeah. electrocution scene? Yeah, I remember cool. feeling I dirty after we, that scene. I think we spoke about. That yeah, we one. did. Like, but I don't. That's not really horror, is it? It's like no, supernatural. But like, it's still fucking. But it's rough. it's fucking horrible. That scene. That's it, it. Just when you get certain ones, 
and again like yeah and for me like yeah those are the ones that kind of really like impacts me like i wasn't going to say you know i've already said one of my t- like randy in scream 2 left that impact because i love the character so much so yeah. i know how people felt about yeah. that scene so yeah that was that was brutal <laughs> it was um, my number two moving on is another film that i've watched for the first time this year um and the film is called dead and buried um it's oh. from 1981 um, and I believe it is um, directed by Gary Sherman, who I'm, I'm not sure what else I've seen him do. I, he's, he kind of comes up saying that he's uh, done for, best known for his work with Dead and Buried and Poltergeist 3, which is supposed to be pretty good. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of one of these other films that flies low under the radar. I went into it not really knowing what to expect, um, but it's set at this kind of small, um, kind of country, you know, town, small village near the coast um, called Porter's Bluff, I think it's called. And the film opens up with this um, photographer. And yeah. he's taking some pictures of just like, the, the you know, the area, and he's getting some kind of, you know, uh just doing his kind of doing his thing and he bumps into like a you know like a local woman and she's like oh i want to be a model and so he's like oh do you want a model for me you know and they kind of you know takes she does she does some modeling shots for him and it's all quite idyllic um and then you know they start flirting and then they start talking about sex and you're like okay something's going on <laughs> um and then he he goes around like the corner to head back to hers and then he just the town just appear and they just beat the living shit out of him and they beat him almost to death and then they tie him up on (laughs) a post yeah and they burn him alive and it's the i don't know i don't think i said but this sounds very familiar but there are a few of those kind of ones a puzzle that's a recent one yeah but where it's kind of like the town is kind of like don't break our yeah follow our yeah you know kind of like we keep to ourselves no outsiders that kind of vibe um and it's it's mental because it you don't see it coming yeah like when you if you watch the trailer for the film it implies that something's going on but it looks more like it's kind of like a slasher film yeah, yeah and there's no like you know nothing to do with any of this stuff so when you see that the whole town's in on it you're like what the fuck is going on yeah. here and obviously you know he's screaming and he's horrid and stuff like that i was gonna say but being burned alive that's yeah. like probably my worst way to die well, like being burned and just in general burning fire like things like that yeah fucking well he doesn't die oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't die what happens is um you assume that he's dead yeah um however i think it's mentioned that he survives um but he's horrible you know he's horribly I'm assuming burnt. he's horribly fucking burnt, and he's yeah. in a full body cast in hospital and he can't move yeah so i think um you know you're kind of like what the fuck is going what's going on here he knows what's going on but then a nurse then goes into the um goes into the room and she's got a needle with some kind of poison in it. Yeah. And he's in a full body cast. There's only one place to go with the needle in the eyes. <laughs> so you could see that he's awake and his eyes are going and he can see what's going on, but he can't move at all. Yeah. And he sees this nurse approaching him and then you see her put the, you know, the injection in to the eyeball, oh. kind of like behind the eye <laughs> into the brain and inject him. And it's just such a, 
you know, it's just this horrible thing oh, or powerlessness yeah. again, you know? Again, ripping out your eyes is one thing, but I don't know why the idea of something directly going into the eye is yeah. even worse than just even going around the eye. Yeah, and the whole film is kind of this... It's, it's a very weird film. Just by, by, you know, telling you about this death, you're it's not going to spoil the film and you're not going to know what's going on yeah. uh, because it is a very weird film. Um but it, it's just so grotesque, you know? Yeah, no, that and, sounds fucking... That guy sounds like he goes through fucking hell. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and it's just a dude who turned up to take some pictures, you know? <laughs> it's not like somebody who's been involved in, you know, in the main story or anything. It's just literally a guy who just unha- unfortunately happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And just the fact that that can happen to somebody, you know, they can take a sustained beating, then be burnt alive not die <laughs> and you probably be like oh my god i'm in the hospital and then to be killed in a place where you're supposed to heal and get help and stuff like that it's it's just the wider implication of it as well that the whole town's in or there's something weird going on and then the main character turns up and you're like no go <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. be here it's just so grim and when i was watching it yeah again the whole film is, is kind of has these, these weird you know, small town country feel to it. It's kind of weird. You think it's got to be, I read this term, exploitation. you know? <laughs> you think it's got to be like small town weird people. Um, and it does have a little twist on it. Um, and it's got a good twist at the end of the film as well, which is quite quite cool. Um, very weird. And if you, it's got to be one of those twists where if you like it, you really like it because of the implication. If not, you're going to be like, oh, that's kind of shit. But <laughs> I really liked it. Um, but this, for, I would say that this is the standout kill in the film for me. And it's so brutal and oh. so grotesque. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, Every time you say implication, I can't not think, think of dense. dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time. Im- implication. <laughs> but the implication. Big dance. Um, right. Okay. So. My number two, and again, a, a, a bit of a more well-known one, but um, it, it's because this one um, is crossing over. So this one's actually both book, film, and, well, actually, it was a TV movie. Okay. So it's kind of crossed because I'm reading the book right now, and it's it. I thought it was going to be it. It's Georgie's death. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of ways this hit, but I liked this one because I'm reading the book. So I know I know that version of it, and I know the film version. You know. Yeah. Um. And I think that this this scene is terrifying. No matter it's one, it, it it's it's always scary when it's a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a dad to be, so you it's, are father to be. The idea you send your kid out and they're just playing in the rain, and then this can fucking happen. Yeah. Um, it must be you know terrifying. You know. And you know if you're scared of clowns anyway, this is fucking terrifying. No matter which death it is in the film, and there's lots of scary deaths in it. It yeah. is. A very well like the films very all versions are very well made very well yeah. written very um but yeah it's it's that whole like going down to sewer and trusting the kind of person yeah but i think most generally it's the it's it's that it's that bit when you get when he goes for the arm when he goes to buy yeah. it, it's that change where it's like you almost luring you into the sense that you can trust someone and, and then, then suddenly it's like out. Oh, like you just suddenly see the change. So in the film, in the recent film version, anyway, you see that really kind of happen with the teeth, and you do see that in the TV movie too. But yeah, just that's a bit more implied in the TV series. Isn't but it? it's talking about like hearing the screams of a child and him, like in the in the new, you get the obviously the dragging himself. Yeah, 
there is a bit of a difference between the book and the, whereas in in this version georgie um gets in the recent film version anyway he gets dragged into the sewer so you see there's like long arm come out yeah and pull him in and you hear the screams of him whereas in the book he's actually he's left just like with his arm ripped off and he's left in the middle of the street bleeding in like a puddle oh, and the so neighbors gross. come out here and the neighbor thinks it's just a child playing around and yeah the, you kind of get the, the feeling of the shock of the neighbors they run to the street and pick up this child who's missing an arm and literally basically like so pale he's dead and it, there's a difference, I guess, in the in the disturbing feeling of the death because in the book it's 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 more like it's more like as if your child's got into an accident and then they die in hospital and you've yeah. got the parents' reaction in hospitals, they all arrive and they're like that he dies. And whereas in the film, which again, like in terms of the book, I assumed it was the same thing because in the film it's very much Bill is searching for keeps searching for his brother. Yeah. Whereas that's not it in the book, actually. That part's not part of the book, but it adds a nice layer in the recent film to have him kind of that Bill kind of can't let go. Yeah. And it's kind of what sets up the reason they keep getting into these kind of situations. This is a nice little tweak to the original yeah. story. But it's that kind of terrifying. It that one's terrifying because you never know what happened to him. You don't know. Like Bill doesn't know, his parents don't know. They've just had yeah. to live with the idea, even if the parents in the uh, but in the book, obviously. You get it in the film, but in the book, it's even more implied that the parents kind of know something happens in Derry. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it, it just is, but it doesn't help though. Reading it or watching it, it's it's, it's just horrible. Yeah. Like, think- it's a child for one, and you get another um, in either it part two, chapter two, yeah, or in the book, um, you obviously get the little girl at the start of the second one, which is also yeah. horrible as well, because she's weirdly like just seems so in it innocent and so trusting kind yeah. of thing but um no there's just and for me it's not necessarily even pennywise it is just the scene it's the child yeah, it's the it's screaming the it's the it's that again like that whole kind of loss of like that innocence innocence yeah i was literally going to say that yeah. because you know for the most part children are innocent and they represent innocence yeah you're killing it and i think the older you get like the more you understand how your parents worry yeah yeah, like when for instance you know this this is a literal recent example of this um me and anna i think we were we were driving yeah we were just driving to the shop around the corner um and we saw like a little kid on a skateboard um and he was wearing a helmet and he was just skating down his drive and we we were both like thank god he's wearing a helmet you know when and when you're young and somebody says you got to wear a helmet. You're like, no, that's not cool. As like, I said, you know, the time I probably rode back from like school and like when my things like uh, on a bike where my brakes didn't even work and yeah. shit like that. And you just think, holy shit, like the older you get, it's weird. Like the, obviously when you're a kid, you never think. And as you get older, you start to see more stories about death that happened. Yeah. But you just think, holy shit, it's actually extremely easy for you to just fall over, smack your head and that's it. Yeah. You, you, un- you, you kind of understand not just how fragile humans are and how fragile life is yeah and then kids don't have i i mean kids almost don't have that concept you know they no they almost have that invincibility until you right? really lose someone and even like unless you've gone through a lot of trauma as a younger child even as into teenagers you're still like i can yeah i can i can do stupid shit i can stupid shit all oh time. all the time yeah we were train tracks yeah. horses uh, yeah. Running against things for no reason, smoking yeah. stuff you shouldn't, yeah. and <laughs> drinking at places that if you fell you'd probably die. But yeah, eh. <laughs> and you think you if you said like if it was like 
you've got to let your child do that. No. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing, feeling you, you have. Uh, you understand why parents are suddenly like, why are you so hard on me? It's like, because I've done it and I know that I don't know why I didn't die too. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like You could easily, like that, that kid skateboarding, he could easily fall, bang his head and have a life-changing injury. Yeah, know? exactly. He, or he could just scrape his knee, but you don't want to, you don't want to risk it. And it's almost, yeah. Yeah, and then, to have you know the loss of a child and the somebody so young and with the life ahead of them, it's kind you know it is it's traumatic. Yeah. And it's hard. And as you're getting old, you get it in all kinds of areas. You get it, uh, and it, to be honest, it's not even just kids. It's you start to worry about friends and family yeah. and or pets. That's yeah. a very key one because pets are so like I think like with my dog Mia or with you Carrie. Yeah. The amount of times I'm worried that so it's happened like I let Mia out in the middle of the night to go to the toilet in the garden. The amount of time I think what if it was like a fox? Yeah. and just came out kind of thing. It's like would I be quick enough to even notice anything's happened or yeah. or shit did she get outside the door or did she get there or what if she's just suddenly too sick or you worry about all those things like you're a parent with a pet as well. Yeah. So it's all these kind of terrifying things. And this like this scene with Georgie is kind of that. It's like a it's the parents' worst nightmare. Yeah. It's like a play on the abduction of a child, basically. It is like in the film anyway. Yeah. But that's the play it kind of get. It's the loss of a child. It's all of those kind of parts. And it's just, it's one of the scariest things in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also it's this is one of the most violent scenes I've seen with a child. Yeah, definitely. You I, know mean, what I mean, we watched it in the cinema together, didn't we? The the re, you know, it part one, the remake. Yeah. And in the, you know, in the uh, Tim Curry TV miniseries, it it show it kind of he you know he he bears his teeth and then he kind of zooms in on it and it's it's implied you know that George yeah. was taking but in this one, I assumed the same. I assumed it was going to be off screen, but you see him kind of rip his you arm. See yeah, you see the teeth go in, bite down, rip. You see the blood pouring out as he's crawling and along the, the blood ground and screaming drain. and. Yeah, you see all of that kind of part. You know, I mean, this one, yeah, the most recent film doesn't hold back on any of these no. scenes with kids or, you know, there's one scene when a kid just literally gets like basically like pulverized against a glass door when he goes against, like goes to eat him. There's one yeah. woman get in the face and there's, you see it chewing on her face with a child. Yeah. These are all child scenes, you know. Yeah. Stephen King's not scared to go against those things. No, and I'm, I'm even, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. I even like it part two. Oh, I like, I hate I like it. Part- I, I don't see what's. I didn't see what was wrong with it. Most of it's very good. It's very true to the the story and stuff like that. Most of the act, most of the actors are are very are very good in the like majority of them actually are very good, and um, it's it's only the fact that the ending doesn't fully translate onto screen. Yeah, the the way it dies at the end. I don't know why. It just feels a bit suddenly anticlimactic. Yeah, it's a bit. Hurt. That's the only bit that I think leaves it is because he looks like that weird egg. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like they've done so many other things to change away because obviously in the original story, that's why it's a fucking thousand odd fan. It takes me forever to even get anywhere near it. I've had to start listening on audio because I, was yeah. like, I never have time to actually read a book. So I listened to it all the way back. Yeah. But in the original book, there's all that intergalactic, like different dimensions, turtle stuff. And it's just like, I know some people are like, oh, and the second one, it should have done it. It's like, no, that it's it just doesn't to, work. Yeah, it's hard Same to reason we're not going to have a child orgy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You just can't put that on screen. It's just no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because that was more of a metaphorical kind of thing in the book. Yeah. 
it's not even meant to necessarily be like a physical thing, but it's metaphorical for age in the book. Yeah. It's not something that should be on screen. No, that's and it. I think the, the terrors of Pennywise ages them enough. Yeah. But yeah, that's why right. like, I think for mo- most part, yeah, I didn't really see what was so wrong. I don't know why people are so against. I didn't I think didn't. it was hugely different. I feel like the first part was more people were loving the nostalgia of things like Stranger Things and they liked the fact that it was the younger kids against it. Maybe. When it was the adults against it, suddenly it felt a bit less special. And I, yeah, and I think also, I, I think it was a sleeper hit. I think, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of, I think people were like, it's going to be good, but yeah. it's not going to be... I'm not denying that I think the first one is the better film. Oh yeah, I think it's the better film, but I, I don't think, because it sets, it sets some records and I think it still has, but... You were oh, yeah, for like an R rating, especially yeah. for a horror. I'm pretty sure it's the highest horror yeah. of all time. But I think it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people had seen the series and they were kind of like, yeah, this it'll be cool, it'll be a good film. But I don't think people expected it to be as good as it was. Yeah. So the the kind of anticipation of the second was this is going to be yeah as well, amazing. I was gonna say, I, and I also think, like I said, with the kids and stuff, I almost think some people thought they were gonna get more of the same. Yeah, maybe it's like that's not how the story goes. Maybe you, you know, know what I mean. Um, yeah. Well, so there you go. Enjoy it's it. a beautiful one, man. And before we go to our, uh, you know, number ones, uh, we will take a little trip over to the social social media lounge i don't know why i messed that up then um <laughs> and so obviously what we do is we you know we put what episode we're discussing um and we read a couple out so come and find us on um twitter and instagram is what we do it at cmth podcast you got the twitter i got the insta <laughs> yeah um so we only had one on the twitter this week and that was a flicks and friends podcast um at f underscore f podcast which you know go check them out they're a new podcast and we're in the process of arranging the little uh episode on theirs so go check it out and um they said that one of the favorite is in hatchet um, when Victor Crowley whips that lady's mouth open by pulling her jaws apart. Yeah, it is terrifying. I and mean, it does show just the, the brutality of the film. It's a very, it's a very, I'd put, I'd, I'd, something like that, I'd probably honor like an almost violent kind of, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, yeah. Um, over on Insta, we had um, Discount Josh um, for the Discount podcast. And um, he said the one that sticks with him is the brain eating in Hannibal. Ooh, the yeah. Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta. which to be fair, yeah, I totally get that. That's uh, that is scary. Then, um, JM Kilborn, uh, he said, um, Philip Steph in Dream Warriors, yeah, yeah, something so cruel about it that scares me is what he it said. Is. And it is, it's the it's complete loss of control. In complete loss of control is that he's been, you know, Freddie is literally. Lit, he's a pun. nice pun he's toying with him i love that <laughs> but yeah it's a terrifying death we did cover that in i believe episode 45 so if you haven't checked it out um check out our dream warriors episode um and then jeffrey granel also said about um the just saw deaths he just, he, yeah. just you, he just said saw deaths in general were just fucking terrifying a lot of them we've are. talked about in this episode and yeah there are lots of them that can play with you in all kinds of different ways yeah um yeah. so my number one, yeah. um, this does this gets me every time. Um, there was an ice cream man here. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're, you're a jingle that, outside, an ice cream man has arrived. Yeah, that's on not, a not so sunny day. Not so sunny day. It's still quite humid. Bank holiday. We sweat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my number one is uh, 
I keep thinking that's just going to be in the background, like a jingle whilst I talk. <laughs> the ice um, cream man's coming to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is uh, zombie flesh eaters, Ooh, or yeah. as it was kind of released in Italy, Zombie 2, Two. Um, by Lucio Fulci. Um, I believe that is the pronunciation. Um, yes. Now, now Epo no, knows I love I, my... Um, I feel like I know which one this is. I feel like the death I would choose out of that film. Yes, it probably is. Um, I feel like you have got a theme running here. I have That's got the a one. theme running here. It is the one, <laughs> I believe. I mean, the, 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 your first, maybe your first ones didn't match this, but your last was definitely the last match was definitely, theme. Um, so it, it's Italian horror, which I love. Um, you know, I, I always had that bit about it not being synced up and dubbed properly, but then once I understood it, yeah. you know, I grew to love it. And I just think it's such a well, it's it's a fucking mine of amazing horror films. Mm-hmm. And in terms of gore, these guys, you know, Italian horror films, put you know, push the envelope definitely. We talked about this uh, a little bit in our Dawn of the Dead episode. Yeah, we did we? a little. Our bit. original Dawn, of the, we've done the remake as well. Yeah. But we talked about this in the original because obviously Zombie was a playoff of Dawn of the Dead, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Zombie Two was the, well, never. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so how <laughs> many different titles? Well, how that spawned because Dawn of the Dead was Zombie um, in Italy. Um, how that started yeah. was um, he, you know, George A. Romero. I, I watched a video about it, so that's how I know. George A. Romero basically wanted to put together Dawn of the Dead, um, and he wrote it, and da- uh, Dario Argento, who I love, um, said, you know, he was a big fan, so he said, okay, come to Italy and yeah. write the film here. Be away from everything, be peaceful, write the film here. So George A. Romero went to Italy, and he wrote the first draft of Dawn of the Dead. Um, and Lucio Fulci, um, Dario Argento loved it. He said, I'm not going to, you know, touch your, um, I'm not going to influence you at all. What I'll do, though, is I'll, in- I'll introduce you to some um, Italian backers to get it made and to finance the film. Yeah. Um, but part of that was when you do that, uh, can I make, you know, can I basically have it and, and make, release my own cut of it? Um, which is how we got Zombie. Yeah, um, and apparently, I haven't seen the Argento cut yet, but he got Goblin to do the music, um, and he got rid of a lot of the comedy. Apparently, so it's a lot darker and it's a lot more of a serious film. So I yeah, think it's yeah. like 10, 18 minutes shorter. It's on Amazon Prime, so or Shudder. So I need to watch it. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say I haven't seen Zombie that version of it. Yeah, uh, I do remember when we looked at Dawn of the Dead though, we did talk about like the differences of the scene. So go check that episode yeah. out. And um, I have seen Zombie Flesh or Zombie Two. <laughs> yes, um, and that is I actually called this one. I won't be watching that again <laughs> because you know Lucio Fulci just has something about the eyes. You know, mm. there's a great uh, quote by Dwight uh, Schrute, which is the. Uh, the groin is the eye is the eyes are the groin of the face <laughs> and that's because it's so vulnerable yeah and it's so gross but in all of his films there is a shot where something happens to the eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. um and in zombie flesh eaters we get uh paula um who is in you know she's at she's in this kind of house alone or she's in this shack yeah it's kind of like a cabin kind of thing isn't yeah it? and a zombie is is trying to get through and get to her um the zombies themselves are kind of voodoo inspired zombies yeah, it's kind of it's, it it doesn't really relate very well to dawn of the Dead. <laughs> no because they're, they're they've actually got a lot more 
because of the like how this scene goes and so that they do actions that are not similar to the way that the, no. they do in Dawn of the Dead. They're much more almost closer to like thinking more day of it. Like they like not in that yeah. way, but you know, they 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 seem to make choices of more violent things to do instead of just eating. Yeah, they, well they seem to be I think that's <laughs> a bit more conscious. Of, yeah. yeah, voodoo zombies. Um and it's you know Paola is in this kind of house alone and a zombie tries to break in and we have this it's a terrifying scene because you know it, you're, it's being attacked by an unknown assailant. Um, also, something that can't be stopped. You know, you think the zombies don't get tired. They, you know, it's it's like the Terminator. You know, they can't. They don't get tired. They don't eat. They don't sleep. They can't be nego- You know, they can't be bargained with. All they want to do is kill you. And it's it's horrid. You know, they, the zombie kind of manages to break through this door that uh, she's she's kind of uh, hiding behind. And then it grabs her head and we get this horrid shot as it's pulling her towards this splintered oh, yeah. oh. kind of piece of wood. And then it slowly plunges into her eye and she slowly kind of gets pulled down and it's so fucking gross, man. <laughs> you know? And it's just this fault. She has something about the eyes. All of his films will have gouging or ripping or something or fingers into the eyes. You know, and it just gets me squeamish every time. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe because if you survived, you know, and you'd just be blind forever. Yeah. And it's like when we when we recently watched um, the wrong the the wrong turn remake. Yeah, yeah. Now I think people hit and miss on it. But one of the things that terrified me in that was when they burnt the eyes with the hot poker and sentenced people to darkness. And it's that whole idea. Imagine it's horrible. The, the idea of going through it. I was going to say I watched um, I watched Halloween Kills again the other yeah. day, and Big John. Yeah, Big John. Thumbs to the eyes until oh. literally his eyes just pop pop out around. Yeah, it. it's anything with the eye. It just it just is such a vulnerable place that any time it hits it, you're just like fuck. It's yeah. like it, I guess it's almost in one way you're like even if I survived, I I don't like that's such a horrible thing to have to overcome. You know? Yeah. You know, permanent darkness. Permanent you know? darkness. You know what I mean? Like how, the, the the strength and bravery of people who are blind. Like because yeah. I literally don't even know how I would exist without those kind of blind yeah. in that way. So what you'd have to overcome, and that's just if you survive it. And obviously <laughs> they don't survive it. Yeah. But it's still fucking like oh my god, that's like the, the, pain. the the pressure you're pushing the yeah or something being pushed through your eye or pulled out or burnt. Or, oh, it's so <sighs> grotesque, man. It's yeah. such a beat such a beautifully terrifying scene that every time I just can't I just I just can't yeah no, <laughs> no, it's, it's mad I can't not you know yeah um oh, horrible but yeah that is my number one short and sweet number I, one I fear the darkness yeah, I, I think, fear the eye you know I think my ones so my um number one it is not a choice I necessarily expected to it, um and it's um from sinister Okay. Which, um, as we know, uh, on recent certain studies and stuff, people have found that Sinister is was found to be one of the scariest films that people have ever seen. Yeah. Um, because there's just something so unsettling about it. And I actually haven't seen this for a long time. This is one of the weird ones where Charlotte had actually seen this film before me. Oh, wow. She, at uni, they all went on the trip to go to see it. So I think I was too sick and I didn't go to see it. Um, and again, because Sinister fell into that kind of, Era of um, you know uh, insidious and paranormal activity. Yeah, and I just 
kind of crossed it off in my head as oh I don't like it's just another supernatural kind of one anyway and I'm not like keen on them so I kind of pushed it off in my head thinking now nah, I'm you know I'm not that bothered so it took a long time for me to actually finally see it yeah um and it wasn't what I expected at all when I thought it was going to be some kind of spooky ghosty kind of thing when yeah. it actually is much more unsettling in the imagery. it really is um and the main part of this the deaths part of this is it's the found footage scenes that get moved in throughout it yeah which are just horribly unsettling because it, it gives this juxtaposition of the happy family yeah and then their death you have a happy family doing something like sitting around a table or laughing and things like that, and then suddenly they're dangling from a tree yeah you know, and the, the creature that just uh, the the, guy, the the figure that appears, yeah. you know, with that kind of whitish kind of face and the like, the dark hair. So you can't quite make out. I the can't remember his name. No, I can't remember the, off the top of my head. Um, but it's the fact that when you see him appear, and or, or if you're looking really carefully in the footage, you do actually spot him yeah. in the background. But it's more because I think the figure gives the idea very much like, say, Michael Myers with the shape. Yeah. It gives it's it's a welfare one because it, it kind of looks like that thing. Like I mentioned before, like when I used to live at my old house in right yeah. in the back corner of the garden, it was such a dark space that sometimes you'd walk past and go, I swear, I swear I just saw someone stood at the back of that corner of that garden. Yeah. And it's that unsettlingness, the idea that you're like, you're just there, like because he's kind of secluded, he's put himself in the room, you know, he's writing his books and stuff like, yeah. you know, Ethan Hawke's character in the film. And because he's kind of alert, and then after that, you kind of get the same feeling that you kind of feel while you're watching it. He gets this kind of afterwards, like, is there something knocking in the room? Is there someone out? You can see he's unsettled, and he's yeah. in his house suddenly, and he's right properly unsettled. And that's the same reason I used to remember feeling when it's like, like, when I'd been done something stupid, like I'd probably been like looking at online and I'd been looking at, I don't know, someone like, um, like the Ramsey's death case or things yeah. like that, or like, like ways people have died. And I'd look, I'd read through them and go, oh, these are like, they're interesting, but like, that's creepy that things like yeah. this really happen. And then suddenly the second you stop reading, you're like, and now I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> then you realize, don't you? And then you're like, holy shit. And suddenly everything outside. So when you've got like a proper dark spot in the garden, but that part is also, so I've thought made it extra unsettling, but it's just the way it's just happy families. And I think the scariest one, and I think the one that leaves the most terrifying is that is when you've got the whole family, like playing around the pool and things like yeah. that. And then it cuts to them all being man tied on the grass. Yeah. And the lawn mower as it goes, you know, over, and it, Again, it's not like you really necessarily you don't necessarily see it like what you're expecting to see because yeah. it's it's such like classic, um, you know, the footage is obviously old like 70s style yeah, kind of flipping, like, like film based, great. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's just so so terrifying about the idea that you're watching these things and you think they're happy home movies and you know, yeah. But as I said, there's just a creepy thing about you know that main figure being there popping there you notice him popping like around yeah and the fact that the family can go from such size and and not only that it's the fact that i'm not a huge as i said not a huge supernatural but this plays very much on like murder cases in real life as well yeah, it does. Like, like the idea of what could happen to your family you think you're safe and it, it plays against the idea like i'm saying about being alone and yet all these families are all together and yet they've all managed to be attacked and yeah you know in that kind of odd like amityville horror the idea that that was based on like true story you know yeah. about one person who went mad you've got that creepiness in there that it could happen and it's not just necessarily just you it's your whole family someone yeah. can come into your house 
take you like when you don't expect it and managed to overpower you and kill all of you well, together. The, I mean, the, so the, the Super 8 videos themselves are incredibly creepy. Oh um, yeah, all of those scenes are just like oh shit, and that they're the best yeah. part of the film for me. And while Sin- Sinister Two is, I think it's a, I enjoy it. Um, it it's not as strong, but yeah. it does have some other super creepy ones. You know, one of the, I think one of the worst ones for me is these people being buried in the snow, buried alive in the snow. Oh, I haven't um, seen the second one. It's it's, no. it's worth checking out. Um, but obviously the twist of these, yeah, is that. It's it's the it's the kid who's doing it. It's yeah, your yeah, own yeah. kid doing this to you. you know? Yeah, exactly. It's the the yeah. So that's where the kind of more super the, the possession kind of part yeah. comes in. And how terrifying that, that would be. Yeah. You know? that, oh yeah. The ending of this film that that powers part as well. That's also absolutely terrifying. Like what happens to them at the end. The fact that they then become that. Yeah. Um. But I think yeah. I think the first part that kind of peaks your kind of scariest the fact that the people are dying like that and you kind of get that scene. Yeah. And you get several of these in the film. And yes, the ending of this film is also absolutely that it's right under your nose what's going to happen to you kind of thing and yeah. that kind of idea of someone's changing and the fact that it could be your children and you know what I yeah. mean. And again, playing into all these things like the idea that something horrible could happen to your children or the fact that happened to you when you're alone. Or just the fact that what could happen to you in your own house and, you know, that loss of control and, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of played almost for all of mine, that loss of control getting you inside quite a lot, like your house or your friends or your family, in your groups, yeah. the things that you could lose kind of thing. Oh, and that's so why, yeah, yeah, that's why I think it was, I was surprised, I was surprised at how effective it was and I now understand why a bunch of people coming back from uni were fucking terrified yeah. that night. It is, <laughs> it's a terrifying film. And, yeah, again, some of those deaths and... The implication of it, you know, your own child killing you, yeah, it's like you know, it's, it's mortifying. Yeah, all in these, your, your child killing you, losing of your family, the fact that you could be in such a big number and yet you're still could be killed, yeah, and killed, yeah. and the fact that you know that stuff like this has really yeah. happened, and well, similar, like not like not the, no. the child possessed by the you know, <laughs> by the demon, but, but the the original Amityville is like the stories around it are that yeah. they said that he was possessed and he killed his family. Yeah. So that was the original real story of the Amity Bahara. So yeah. it's interesting. Well, I mean, it's almost, it follows on. <laughs> yeah. It follows on from your Georgie death. Because yeah, Georgie's yeah. death is about the death of innocence. And this is the corruption of innocence. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Which is even more terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And I think in certain places, you know, and you've seen the way that corruption can come. And we, it might not be in this way, but, you know, in real life, even things like shootings, which normally end up being kids that have kind of somehow been corrupted by the idea, you know, or yeah. the power of guns and like what they've been sold and the ideas and idealism, all that stuff is terrifying and that can really happen in your life. Yeah. And it does happen regularly. <laughs> it's fucking creepy. Man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, those are, did you have any that you were toying with or I had I um, fiddling with? <laughs> well, there was um there was there was a few um outside of films i was thinking i don't want to say who dies um i know it's, it's a massive spoiler and everybody will know but anna hasn't watched it yet so i'm gonna watch it with her and it was the the red wedding oh yeah not yeah. just because of what happens but it's for me it's it's the the mutilation of somebody's body after which has haunted me since oh um, yeah yeah and it, there and, were many that weren't horror 
that but I was like because it would said horror. I was like, I can't do that. But there were many that were like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was terrifying. Um, I'm, I'm I was going to say uh, th- there was one that actually scared the shit out of me in the. Uh, again, I'm not saying anything. It's brand new. House of Dragon has a very traumatizing scene. Yeah, <laughs> have you seen? Have you yeah, seen, I've yeah. seen that. That's it, especially for me in my situation. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I literally, I just, I was like, Charlotte loves. Yeah, uh, about saying Grey's Anatomy. I was yeah. like, that's a really different thing. Um, I mean, um, Game, Game of Thrones. But um, that scene, I was almost like, I don't know whether she should watch this right now. Well, we, I mean, <laughs> last night we, so we're working our way through um, American Horror Story 1984, yeah. and um, you know, there's a, there was a, one of the main characters is a flashback scene, and his brother is swimming. Um, and somebody gets in a boat and doesn't see him in the, you know, the propeller yeah, yeah. smashes his head open. Um, and it was terrifying, but the, you know, the, the mother was, is distraught and is crying, screaming and blaming everyone. And Anna looked away and literally said to me, Rob, I can't watch this. Scene. Yeah. And I was, I was a bit of a dick and I was like, well, I have to watch it <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it is integral to the story. And I was like, should I, you know, when you just look away, cover your ears, because like, I can't hear it, you know, because the mum's screaming and it's terrifying and it's yeah. horrid. Um, I, f- I think there is on um, on the TV side of it because we've obviously we've done horror scenes not in a horror film, yeah. but that was all films. I think there's a lot in TV that I could like jump on. There's one that like I remember seeing like even like if non horror like way back to say. When I was younger, on a yeah. British soap that like I felt scarred me, it was um, Coronation Street, and it was Richard Hillman. He was a murder, uh, like he was one of the first signs of a serial killer, like on a British soap. Okay, and he, um, um, um like a, a mum comes home early from the pub one night, and he beats her to death with a crowbar. Fucking hell! And like it was literally t- like when you're like six years old and you're just watching that, and you knew that was going to be some big happening kind of thing about a killer. You knew that he was like had that past. Yeah, but you don't see it, but you see him go at her, and then you hear him go fud fud fud, and you know he's basically cracked her head in. Yeah, and it was just like, and then you see like the the husband come home and the child screaming upstairs, and it was a fucking traumatizing for a soap. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, Rip have a trot. I remember you being brutally killed by Ben Mitchell. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, they forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Strange love triangle. Right? Um, in terms of film, we've got ones we've already mentioned. So go yeah. and check out our recent rec episode because the ending of that is a terrifying. That's terrifying, ending. and that is a terrifying. I say death. I believe, as I said, if she comes back in a sequel. Apparently, I don't quite know how. Um, I did have. So this is one I said about Psycho. The opening scene of Jaws made yeah. people terrified of going. That, to yeah, so that's scarring for people. Uh, Blair Witch Project. The ending. Heather's death. Yeah, that hole in the corner kind of you know, you don't yeah. see the death, but it is like a terrifying it's scene. It's been played up quite a lot, yeah, it has. So, it was yeah. it, again, these are more like the ones that I think are iconic. And, um, I think lastly for me was uh, Jeepers Creepers okay. because that one definitely left an impact. Justin Long's death at the end of that, where he's left at the end again, we had you don't see the death, but the fact you know he's dead and you know he get taken away and you're not quite expecting the twist the first time no. you saw, but there's just so so chilling about the end of that, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. No, it's a you know enjoyable. Hopefully, we can now uh, spend the rest of the day cleansing ourselves of this <laughs> walk down traumatic memory. We apologize if you listen to this list at night and it has brought back some traumatic memories. We apologize because you're probably now not going to sleep for yes. tonight. If you listen to this at night time, which is 
probably a terrible time to listen, yes. but a good time because you're listening to us. <laughs> yeah, and it's a horror podcast, so you know we got. We know what you're in for. Yeah, uh, we. I was going to say we've got to give you the willies sometimes. <laughs> but, say, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, if you do it at certain times when you know, if you get terrified by these things and you know you're doing it like at the middle of night, I almost feel like you're giving yourself some kind of abuse in your own way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing it to yourself, <laughs> you know, you know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, we we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening and sticking with us. Um, come and let us know some of your terrifying deaths and what you thought on our ones um, at Instagram and uh, Twitter at CMTH Podcast, also on TikTok. Um, yeah, hit the subscribe button so you get the episodes as soon as they're released. And if you leave us a lovely review, it will help us to uh, grow. Stay safe. Avoid any clowns in the sewer. Um, avoid moving house, and watching any eight reels. Um, <laughs> and make sure that you stay safe. And we will see you next week. Goodbye.